We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibado, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. Jesus, thank you so much that we can be singing those words this morning. Uh, we found life in you and it's not just a historic thing. It's, it's, our, it's our everyday reality that we find life in you. We're so grateful, Lord, uh, how you expressed this to us. And we thank you for your word. It's a word of life. It's a word of hope. And this morning, oh God, as we open up our hearts for you to speak to us, I pray that you would really just do that. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of our gathering this morning. Thank you for all the incredible things you're doing. This privilege to just be leaning on you and receiving of you, God. I just pray, Lord God, that you'll prosper your word in our hearts today. Prosper its cause in us today. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Let's just get straight up into God's word this morning. I am excited about what we are going to share today. We are on week three of um, our She Said Yes series, and this is where we're going to be, you know, just like tying it up for now. Um, I hope it's been a blessing to you. Um, I hope that God is using it to really encourage you. Really, we're just talking around this ultimate relationship and what it means really in a day and age like this to be a Christian and to be saying yes to Jesus. And um, today for a topic, I want to just share this uh, message with you out of John and the 21st chapter. I would really be anchoring on about three verses in John and chapter 21. If you're the kind of person that opens your Bible, shout out to you. Please open it up, John 21. Look at verse 15 to verse 17. If you're relying on the screens, it will be on the screen in just a moment. But John chapter 21 from the 15th verse to the 17th verse. I want to speak to you this morning on what I would title, Marry the Girl. Marry the girl. So John 21 from verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? The Bible says that Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And so Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Fantastic. All right, here we go. So this year is going to make it um, six years since I got married um, to the love of my life, the amazing woman that I get to be married to. Um, um, yeah, her name is Adebola, yes. Um, in case you're like, which of them? No, it's one. Husband of one wife. Um, she's the best in the world. Um, it's been the best six years of our lives. Yeah, these days I have to be honest. Our lives, her life, my life. Um, but, but especially of her life, best six years of her life. Um, well, it's going to be six years in October, so let's say like the best um, five um, three-quarter years thereabout. Um, and pretty much, I mean, I, I love marriage. I think marriage, I preached in February, marriage is a beautiful thing. Honestly, I really think so. Um, I think God does incredible things in marriage. I think marriage is so fantastic. But, um, okay, but using the word but now makes it, um, it's not really a but, but there's just, okay, but um, there's this tension, really, pretty much. So you can pray for my wife and I. There's this tension that we kind of haven't been able to sort out for the last six years of, of being married. Um, 
So prayer requests, um, church, family, pray for us. Um, it's, it's this, um, and I hope you would understand, it's this tension of, um, and, and I'll tell you who's on which side of the tension so that you don't pick sides too soon. But there's just this thing of, um, have you worn clothes before? Um, maybe a shirt, whatever. Worn clothes before. Um, maybe just went out for an hour, did something, or maybe just put on something within the house. One hour, two hours kind of a thing. You know, it was really clean before you put it on and all of that. Now, when you come in and you want to change, it's not dirty enough for laundry. Um, but it's not clean enough to be folded into the wardrobe. Do you, do you know what I'm kind of talking about? Right? So, so it's, not, it's not dirty enough for laundry. It's not clean enough for wardrobe. So it kind of usually goes well on like the wardrobe door. Like just kind of hang up on the wardrobe door. You know, don't, don't go into the wardrobe. So, so my wife is all, okay, so I'm already saying who's on which side of the tension. But this, but this is like a six-year tension for us that, that we just have to agree to disagree. So my wife is saying, is it clean? And it, it's not clean is it dirty it's not no it's not dirty you know but it's just this thing of it's not um i i just think it's like a wardrobe docker maybe for you it's not exactly wardrobe door maybe for you it's you know the chair in your room it's you know the table it's even your bed somebody's like all oh, my clothes are on the bed clean dirty everything is is on the bed you know but the, but the big problem is that it just stays in this middle space thing. Um, so so for, for, for me, typically, what happens is that usually when at home, we now want to do the laundry. All the clothes in the um, laundry basket go for the laundry, you know. So it misses the laundry, um, but it also misses the clean. I, I don't know how to say that. But, but you are counting clean clothes. You can't count it. You are... Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? Okay. Okay. So, um, so it's this middle space problem. Um, I was thinking about it today, about how that there are middle line spaces in life. Um, and and I, can, I can show you this in many ways, you know. Um, if they say, if they say um, um, are you rich? I don't have enough money to say I'm rich. Are you poor? No, I'm not poor. <laughs> what are you? You know, it's, it's what I call middle line space, okay? Um, you know, you say you are, you, you know, are you employed? Yes. No, no, no. I, I don't want to say I'm unemployed. I have a job. But when one rich relative comes around and says, ah, do you have a job? You can't say yes. <laughs> you know, it's not a job you can call a job. <laughs> you know, it's what I just call middle line space. So you're not unemployed, but again, you look at your job and you can't say I'm employed, right? You get, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's like middle line spaces. Or somebody just walks up to you and says, Are you, have you been growing spiritually in the last one month? You know, have you been growing spiritually? You don't want to say... Yes, I mean, because you look at it and you're like, uh, the last one month, have I been growing spiritually? I wouldn't exactly say yes. But again, I don't want to say no, like, uh, what does that, you know, so you, you know, so you just, you know, give a good answer. We thank God for his everlasting grace in the Lord Jesus Christ and the sanctification of the saints. Are you growing or not? And then they say things like, anything that is not growing is dying. So you're like, have I been dying in the last one month? You know, it's just, but, but it's what I call middle line spaces, right? Um, it feels stringent sometimes um, that you are just in between, you know, it's, it's the wardrobe door thing. In my own estimation, the wardrobe door is not just put there 
to give access or denial to the wardrobe. I think the wardrobe door is an architectural masterpiece that is designed for certain clothes that you would not... You get what I'm trying to say here, right? Um, so it's just that strange space. Okay, so let's just catch our John 21 story here um, because I'm going somewhere this morning. Um, the Bible says that Peter and John are having, you know, breakfast. You can like to say they're on a date, however you... Basically, they're having a meal, okay? And these are two guys um, loving on themselves, you know, just talking about love and how they feel about each other and stuff, and stuff like that. Um, so, so let's just make a shout out to every guy who is... Um, who is secure enough to tell his guys that he loves them, right? Um, because you are just walking in the shoes of Jesus and Peter, right? Um, and of course, but you can see there that Peter is getting tense about the moment because Jesus is asking the first time, you know, because we're pretty much like having a meal, um, looking at ourselves. I, I hope you picture the Bible when you read it. So they're like sitting across the table having a meal. Um, they're having like um, some smoked fish. And, and then, you know, they're done eating. And then Jesus just looks up like, guy, do you love me? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not as... Um, biblical as, as you're reading, you know. And so Peter, first time, is like, can we just get through this? Yes, okay, I said. Um, Jesus comes a second time, do you love me? Um, and then I think the third time, Jesus probably like looked into his eyes. Maybe John didn't write everything. Jesus was like, Peter, look at my eyes. Do you love me? And the Bible says, Peter was grieved. You know, he was angry, like, like, look, you know, do we have to go over all of this? Um, but if Jesus asks you the same question three times, um, my question this morning is, can you give the same answer um, to a question that Jesus asks you, asks you, asks <laughs> you three times? Can you give the same answer? Or would you embrace what we call the urge to shall I? Because, um, okay, so, so, so before I put it on Jesus, let, let's imagine your African father or, or your African mother asks you the same question three times, you know, Father walks in, and then he says something like, um, um, who ate the food that was on the table? And then you say, was my brother. He says, who ate the food that was on the table? Uh, my brother. Who ate the food that was, uh, we shared it? Can you give the same answer three times? That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so, so when your African father asks you twice, you're thinking, maybe he knows something you know, that was not yet factual in this moment. Maybe there is, you know, by the third time he's asking that question, maybe a slap is coming or, you know, that the, 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 the repetition is not for his discovery, all right? The repetition is for you to realize your folly, all right? That's the kind of thing with God asking you questions, okay? So God comes in the garden and he says, Adam, where are you? Of course, God is not looking for him. It's, it's as Adam is saying, you know, we are hiding from you you realize how foolish you are, right? So it's like a revelation, okay? So if your African father is asking you the same question three times, can you give the same answer three times? Sometimes they don't even need to ask the question three times. They just need to create like uh, vibrations of the question. So it's like, are you the one that did that? And you say, no. Eh? No. Eh? <laughs> you know, it's just vibrate. And can you give the same answer three times? And so I was thinking about it for Peter, that you know, what it is to be in a moment with Jesus. Because Jesus asked you a question once. Imagine sitting at table with Jesus and he asked you a question once. You know, it's enough tension of this guy is looking at me and he is seeing my heart without needing an x-ray. This guy is looking at me, he sees all my... You, you know, it's enough honesty you are trying to stir up and it's all of that you are going through in that moment. So Jesus asks you, do you love me? I think Peter must have really thought it through well enough. I, I'm not sure he just answered on the spot. I think he, he weighed it all, he thought it through, and then you produce an answer. 
But can you give Jesus the same answer three times? So I, I love this in the Passion Translation. It kind of brings out the passion of, of the story, which really is the idea of the Passion Translation. Um, um, after they had had breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you burn with love for me more than these? Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I have great affection for you. Jesus repeated his question the second time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you burn with love for me? Peter answered, yes, my Lord. You know that I have great affection for you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Then Jesus asked him again, Peter, son of John, do you have great affection for me? Peter was saddened by being asked the third time and said, my Lord, you know everything. You know that I burn with love for you. Jesus replied, then feed my lambs. All right, I think I've laid a foundation, so I'll just get, come on, keyboards, let's, let's try and close early. I'll get to where I want to go to today. It's a real simple thought that I'm just trying to share with you. Um, because I think Jesus' invitation to Peter is really simple and clear. Jesus is saying, um, Peter, do you love me? And then he says, yes. And then he's asking him again, like, look in the mirror and affirm it and think about it. Weigh your heart, search your heart, think about all of this, and then affirm it again. And it's interesting because Peter is saying to Jesus that you already know even before you ask. But there's something he's trying to bring Peter himself to see. There's an affirmation. There's something he's bringing him to see. And then Jesus is saying, um, you know, feed my lambs. Um, I think like Jesus is saying to Peter, can you like clear yourself out of the wardrobe door space? Can you take yourself far away from this middle lines? I feel like Jesus is saying to Peter, be in, in, in. Don't, don't stay kind of out. Don't like be in the middle of these things because if you, if you try and track on Peter where he's coming from, he has had amazing moments. Peter has done the walking on water thing. Peter has done the air cutting thing. Peter has done the, you know, the denying thing at some point. He has done the, he has had all these go around, you know, on, off and, and all of that. Then Jesus is bringing him to a moment and saying, can we push you in? Can we affirm everything that, it, that this is? That there's a space you can stand, Peter, where I can give you responsibility because I can count on you. There's a place you can be, Peter, where it's not about denying today, coming in tomorrow. There's a place you can be, Peter, where it's not about how you feel in a moment. There's a place you can be, Peter, where I can hold you and I can hold your commitment. And I think what Peter is showing us in this conversation with Jesus is that there's really something about selling out and, and seeing an absolute in these conversations of Christianity. If you ask me the truth, I think is that our generation is plagued with what I call part-time Christians. It's, it's, I, I call it people who want to date Jesus. It's like Jesus is cool. We have all these kind of dating arrangements with Jesus. Jesus is cool. I love him. Um, we both have a thing with each other. But, but when you start to call languages of absolutes, then it, it becomes a thing of, mm, you know, like, like, can I have like a situationship with Jesus? Like, can we just both know we like ourselves and, you know, we both have feelings for each other. But can we just, like, like, like when you start to say things like, like the absolutes, like can you pick between being dirty and clean? Um, we just want to find a wardrobe door to hang on. And, and I think that we are so big on trying to create these middle lines about Jesus. And what this does for us is that, and I pray you would hear me clear this morning. I'm going somewhere. Please just follow me. We, we create for ourselves a new form of idolatry. 
Um, you see, the Bible is full of warnings against idolatry, the final words of John. And keep yourself from idols. The Bible is full of all these warnings of idolatry. And we think of idolatry every time as, oh, it's just one of those things that the children of Israel used to do, you know, with the golden calf and all of that. But here's where I think it really is. Is that we start to create a Jesus of our own making. Because in its real definition, idolatry is every attempt of man to create a God for himself. That in the real language of, of faith, it's that we are his people, he made us. That we don't make him, he made us, alright? So God makes man. But in idolatry, man makes God. In idolatry, man tries to create God. And so if you create it by, by, by carving a stone, if you create it by, you know, or if you create it by carving an idea, it's the same thing of idolatry. And so we live in a generation where we, people are big on creating a Jesus that we have designed for ourselves. And so we have shaped him, we have given him features, we have given him attributes, we have made him quiet about certain things. We have made a Jesus that, you know, doesn't stress us about certain things. We have made a Jesus that doesn't talk about certain things. We have made a Jesus that, in fact, he's just really impressed once we bribe him with 10% of all that we get. So it's like, he doesn't even care about the other 90%. As long as we bribe him consistently with that 10%, we can do whatever we like with the 90%. We've made a Jesus that, you know, is so insecure that, you know, once we start to get to certain levels of life and, you know, you start to have small money and all of that, he's a Jesus that can't talk to you again. He's a Jesus that can't correct you. We, we create for ourselves a Jesus that can have this much space in our lives, but is not allowed to talk about my anger issue. He's not allowed to, you know. Um, he's, he's, he's not allowed to just step into some spaces. He's not allowed to, to talk to me about my character. He, he, he mustn't have influence in that space. And so in our definition of it, words like surrender, words like abandon, words upon which christianity is based and is built upon it doesn't even mean anything to us again can you come here i'm waiting for you come here thanks and and this is trust me this is not me saying that christians are perfect people or you know all of that but i believe that christians are sincere people i believe that christians are people that are sincerely on a journey with jesus and so jesus is not asking peter in that moment you know to affirm and promise all that he can never be and rely on his strength for it but i believe that jesus is inviting peter to a commitment that we start to look for wardrobe doors to hang our indecision on and our lack of commitment but jesus is saying no peter you have to see yourself as being in peter hear yourself sakes have you ever said one of those things before that you heard yourself say and he starts to seek and i think that's what jesus is doing with peter in that moment Peter, do you love me? Hear yourself say it. And the truth is, when I say all of this, I'm not, I'm not, maybe you're new to the faith. Maybe you're not even a believer. Maybe you have been in this all your life that you know of. Hear me well. When I say this, I'm not, I'm not giving you a new pressure to live up to. No, far from it. In fact, quite honestly, when you think of who is on the other side of the table asking you these questions, I think it's a new pleasure to live in. I think it's a beauty to rediscover of what it really means to be a Christian. 
that what if I took you and I put you on the other side of the table with Jesus and then he asked you what if I put you on the other side of the table with Jesus and he was the one asking you the questions what if you were in Peter's place this morning what if you know Jesus sat at table with you and you guys had a good meal what you love to eat you know Jesus said what do you want um, I really believe that Jesus just brought out the fish because he was just concerned about Peter. I, I, I don't believe Jesus liked fish because I, I don't think fish is what spiritual people eat. I, I think if it was down to Jesus, it would have been some chicken meal and all of that. But let's not talk about that. But imagine you were at the other side of the table with Jesus and he said, what do you want to eat? And then he actually served you. I mean, Jesus smoked it and served it out. He said, you love roasted snails? All right. I'll get you snails. <laughs> you know, you want to be slow in life? It's okay. <laughs> I'll get you snails. And, and Jesus set up the table and you just finished the meal with Jesus. And then Jesus asked you, are you a Christian? <laughs> and you say, yes. He said, are you a Christian? <laughs> what would be your answer the second time? And then he asked you a third time, are you a Christian? And then you're like, Jesus, you know, now I want you to see where Peter is in this moment. And then you're like, Jesus, but you know, why are you asking me? What if Jesus said, at the other side of the table, are you prayerful? <laughs> what would be your answer? Uh, yeah, I'm like, Jesus, can we create a, you know, like a wardrobe door? Now, I'm working on my prayer life, Jesus. <laughs> no. Guy, resist the urge to shall I. <laughs> Do you love me? This is what Jesus asked Peter. <laughs> are you prayerful? What if Jesus asked you, are you honoring me? <laughs> First time, and you say yes. <laughs> he smiles. Are you honoring me? <laughs> and he smiles and then you're avoiding his eyes and the third time he says look at me are you honoring me or, or what if Jesus came to you and said are you inclining your life to my word Whew. Jesus can you like ask these kind of questions and just like let's move on with the conversation but he's asking you three times can you give the same answer three times hear me well this morning and I'll show you what I'm saying in a moment this is not a new pressure to live up to this is a new pleasure to live in this is what it really means to be a Christian and I'll show you what I'm saying because Jesus would say are you or are you not you know I, I, I don't know if you, you you've met some of these guys you know or maybe ladies do it I don't know but these relationship situations where you know it's what they call he goes ministry that are you dating are you what are you people doing are we here are we not here you know kind of and Jesus says sit across the table do you love me then he asked it three times but here's what I really want to show you because on one side you think about it like the world will tell you that's the pressure you're living up to you want to be prayerful you want to be studying you want to be able to tell Jesus that I honor you you want to be able to tell Jesus that I put you first you want to be able to tell Jesus that Jesus I am a Christian and that feels like a pressure to live up to but I'm saying this morning that I believe it's a pleasure to live in because Jesus is simply inviting us to something Jesus is simply saying that do you understand Peter that inside the wardrobe is my plan and my purpose for my life you are living outside my love you are denying what I have for you you are losing what it means to be a Christian why are you living with all that anxiety and with all that worry come on if you are inside there's peace if you are inside there's healing there's freedom why are you living with all that fear and Jesus is saying do you trust me and you're trying to say yes he says say yes so that you can experience the courage and the faith and the confidence and what it really means to be a Christian
Christian, I think we are the ones that have lost what it means to be a Christian. And so we're trying to stay on the wardrobe door and they're saying, are you a Christian? But we are kind of a Christian. Can you answer it three times? And what I'm trying to say today is if we really realize what it means to be in, if we can look in the mirror and say, come on, I trust God. Come on, I trust God. And it doesn't really sound like it and you're affirming it again. God, I trust you with my life. This is what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian is not that we're dancing around dating God. It's that we are absolutes on this. We have surrendered. We have abandoned our lives. If my life should mess up, it's not my fault again. My life is in God's hand. This is what it means to be a Christian. Jesus sits at the other end of the table and he says, Peter, I'm going to ask you that question three times. So we think it's a pleasure to live up to, but I'm showing you that it's a pleasure that we're losing. It's a pleasure of what it really means to be a Christian, to be living. Why are you going around in those cycles struggling with sin like he's not a savior? And so Jesus would would look at you and say, do you think I am savior? Do you believe I'm savior? And you kind of just say yes at an altar call. You didn't even think about it. You didn't even mean it. And Jesus says, do you understand what you just said? That I am savior. Do you believe that I died to take away the power of sin over your life? Do you believe it? Don't just rush over your yes. Think about it again and again and realize the power of what it means to be a Christian. I'll say to you again today that I think the plague of our generation is too many part-time Christians, wardrobe door Christians, that that kind of are you clean or dirty not, not enough to be clean not enough theologians permit me i i i i know there's nothing like being half saved i understand but but i'm just talking about a wardrobe door that we kind of build for ourselves we design architecturally and try to throw into the conversation but when you sit with jesus jesus would say peter do you love me and hear yourself say it my challenge to you this morning is can you say that three times over i love the power of worship i love when we began to sing many of these songs and i love how they would sing it over (laughs) you know what it does for me it's like a resetting it's like a rewiring i love to say it over but the truth is god can do more in the day and age in which we live if he finds him a real christian and the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro there to see if there is any. I just think about how God is, is going to see if there is any. I, I don't want the wardrobe door conversation. I want us as a people to be rediscovering what it means to be absolutes about our faith, about our confession, about what God is to us. Why do we wake up on Sunday, Christians on Sunday, on Monday we're far from it, on Tuesday the conversation seems, why do we have all these cycles and struggles? Because we really don't understand what it means to be a Christian. We think it's like a part-time thing, we think it's a fancy time thing, we think it's our social life kind of a thing, but I dare to say this morning that being a Christian is an absolute, it's a conversation that you're willing to sit at the other end of the table with Jesus and hear him ask you those questions and go over it and affirm it and it is not a pleasure to live up to because of what Jesus went up on the cross to do once and for all it is a pleasure that he's inviting me into it it's not what I am trying to make happen when I say Jesus yes I love you and this is love not that I loved him but that he loved me and gave his son to be the propitiation for my sins he initiated the conversation all I'm getting to do is a response I'm getting to trust him because he is trustworthy i'm getting to put my faith in him because he is already faithful i'm getting to honor him because he is already good and loyal to me that's what it means to be a christian i just want to say today that the reality is that spirituality is a lot more black and white than we think it's a lot more black and white than we think my wife used to say this to me that 
you are either pregnant or not pregnant. But there's nothing like, you know, almost a kind of pregnant. <laughs> are you pregnant or not? I mean, it, it has to be a yes or no. I'm just saying today that spirituality is a lot more black and white than we think. I want to challenge you this morning, friends. As I make ready to close, I want to challenge you. And I believe that God can do a lot more in our generation if he finds him. Christians. I believe this is the cry of the heart of God. And I just thought as we round off this series and as we round off talking about what it means to us, I, I just thought I could challenge you that if we would re remind ourselves of what this is all about and live in the power of it, I think our world is needed of real Christians. I was thinking about it, Tim, would you make ready to come? I was thinking about it, you know, <laughs> about people who have Put it in the hands of Jesus as I, as, I, as I just fought through scripture this morning. I was thinking about the guy who, who brought out five loaves and two fish. And the truth is, you know, I, I, the truth is the five loaves and the two fish, I don't believe were the only ones in the crowd. In fact, it's more intriguing to me that the Bible says that it was a young boy that brought it out. Because the reality is I just think all the adults just knew how to hide theirs. But the truth is, I think people had but were just not willing to be letting it go to Jesus and it's this thing of being on the wardrobe where in the crowd where he's teaching and there's all this thing he can do but who's going to put it who's going to be this absolute person in the hands of Jesus I think there were many others in the crowd but nobody else experienced that multiplying power of God because they wouldn't let it out to him I want to challenge you today Jesus was saying about how that you know, that widow in Zarephath was not the only widow in the time of Elijah. There were many other widows. There were many others who were at the verge. But it was the one that understood the power of letting go. It was the one that understood the power of absoluteness. It was the one that was willing to say, let it go. Think about many Christians who are on the verge of this great opportunity. of seeing God do what only he can do, but we hold back. We, we live as part-time. We live as... You know, it's like a fancy thing. We don't understand the language of this thing. It's surrender and it's absoluteness. And so I just pray today that God will be challenging your heart. I pray today that God will be showing you how that you can really be a Christian. I'm going to end with a story this morning. I'm done preaching. I have a little story to tell you. One of my favorite stories is, is about a circus performer. I probably told this some years ago somewhere. But it's about a circus performer who walked into a circus and, you know, said, I want to... I don't know, entertain you guys and so um, there was this whole crowd and everybody was excited to, to, to receive the ministry of the circus performer and, and so he, he says that he's going to walk across a rope that he tied across the building and everybody said hey uh, let's that'll be exciting would you do it and then he said all right he's going to do it and then he walked across the rope everybody clapped and and all of that then he, he got up on the rope again and said do you believe that I can dance all the way across the rope they said we believe and then he jumped on the rope and he danced across he did every step that you can think of they all clapped and screamed and all of that and then he said how many of you believe that I can juggle three balls and walk across the rope they shouted we believe he, he took three balls and juggled and everybody clapped and screamed and you know the guy was trending everywhere I mean everybody was posting on all their social media handles right in the moment everybody was so excited this guy is the baddest guy alive this guy is just he was trending everywhere and then he came and said how many of you believe that I can carry a weight of 70 kilograms and walk across this rope and they all shouted again we believe and so he 
carried you know one of these loudspeakers in the in the venue which was about 70 kilograms and carried it across and walked across and everybody screamed and shouted and and all of that and then he asked how many of you believe that i can carry a human being and walk across the road and everybody shouted we believe he said do you believe we believe we all believe and he says, okay, um, guy, can you come over? And the guy says, no, not me. And my sister, can you come? <laughs> no, not me. Do you believe I can? Yes, I will. You come for me to carry you. No, I won't. And I just pray today that our conversation about Christianity will not be a we believe of God. You can do so much with lives everywhere. I pray it will be a we believe of God. Here is my life. Here is my surrender. I have chosen to give my life to Jesus. I'm absolute on this. If he doesn't know how to do it, then let's all fall down the rope together. But this is what it means to be a Christian, that you don't have a safety outside of God. You don't have a plan B outside of God. If, if God ceases to be God for two minutes and you can survive it, you are not a Christian. Let me tell you what it means to be a Christian. is that if God goes on a two-minute anger break, you are finished. That is what it means to be a Christian, that we are absolute on this. The only thing holding us up is his everlasting arms. The only thing giving us a hope and a future is the love of a savior who gave himself for us once and for all. And I pray this morning that you will not hear these words as a pressure, but you hear it as a pleasure that the world tries to take us out of. But today as we restate a commitment, today as we, re we, we, we empower ourselves and as we challenge ourselves to a commitment, I pray that in the name of Jesus, this would ring strong in your heart. I pray this morning you would find a new language of surrender and of absoluteness. I pray that I can encourage people who have been on this journey to be strengthened again, to sell out their hearts again, to re-energize their journey again. And I pray that I can encourage people this morning who feel like they're on the wardrobe door. I pray that I can show you this morning how that Jesus is on the other side of that table and he's lovingly inviting you and say, come and love me because I loved you. Come and follow me because I gave everything for you. Come and reach out to me because I have reached out for you in the name of Jesus and everybody where you are would you say amen come on let's worship this morning
want to pray for you in a moment. I want to pray for people everywhere. We're, we're rounding off this series this morning. And there's a lot on my heart to pray for you. I, I, I really want to be believing God to stir up a passion in your heart. In a way only He can about what this is all about. This journey that we're on. I don't think Christianity is a light thing. I don't think it's like this side hustle kind of thing. I think it's an amazing privilege we stand in. And I really want to pray for you that God would wake up in you the realities of all that's happening around you because of the love of Jesus that is upon you. And I believe he's going to do that. But before I pray for you, I want to make an invitation this morning. I believe that there are people everywhere this morning linking into service, listening to this message. And you can't boldly say that you are a child of God. You can't, you know it, that as we speak, maybe you can't even answer the first time. You may not talk of three times that, you know, are you a Christian? Have you consciously made a choice to surrender the Lordship of your life to Jesus? And hey, when you hear this, is it an invitation to the best life you can ever have? Because there's nothing called life outside of him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit is already nudging on your heart and showing you your need of God. I just pray this morning that you would find the courage to respond. We'd love to lead you in a moment where you can say, today is the day that I surrender the Lordship of my life to Jesus. Today is the day that I would confidently be able to say that I'm born again. I am a child of God. I'm believing for that miracle to happen in your life today. And so whoever you are, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you've been in church, whether you're new, whether you've been here for years, really doesn't matter. I want today to be that day for you. So you know what I want you to do? I want you to make a conscious decision this morning. I want you to put your hand on your heart. If you say, that's me, you're speaking to me. Include me in that prayer. Put your hand on your heart. Let, let God see, you know, he loves you. He knows the very worst, but he still believes your best. I mean, he's the only one that knows every detail about you. He knows it even more than you know it. But he still believes the best of you. Would you put your hand on your heart and let that be a sign of I'm saying yes to him. Let that be a sign of I'm surrendering. Enough of the God games, enough of going around in circles. Today is the day when I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today is the day that I experience that miracle of forgiveness. The guilt is taken away. The shame and condemnation is taken away. It's a new beginning. So proud of your decision for Jesus today. Man. Now would you say these words? And everybody everywhere is going to join in as you say it. Would you say these words, Heavenly Father? I come to you today. Because you've made a way. Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's the Savior of the world. Say, today I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Say, I give everything to follow you. Say, please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Now say, I will live for you. I will stand for you. Say, fill me with your grace and I will never be the same. Say, one day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's exciting. Guess what? The Bible says angels are having a party already because of that. We're excited about it. 
And I just want to encourage you this morning, if you made that decision wherever you are, we would love to know about it because we want to be praying for you and want to stand with you in these moments. We want to help you take those first steps. We want to help you stand strong in this. So please reach out to us. Let's know. Sycamore.church slash Jesus. You have the link there already. Please follow out. Fill out a slip. Let's know. Let's know that you made that decision. And let's be praying for you and supporting you to stand strong in your journey in Jesus name but we're so excited about it and I must say congratulations again this is the biggest miracle I've ever experienced this is the biggest miracle I've ever led anybody in this is a miracle and we're so proud of your decision this morning in Jesus name can I pray for you everybody everywhere father thank you for this incredible privilege to be able to say yes to you and it changes our lives this incredible privilege to be able to say yes to an almighty God who just loves us and we can't even explain your love but you love us and you call us to yourself and we give you our yes and you transform the story. God, thank you for what it means to be a Christian. Thank you that we can say we are followers of Jesus. Thank you that we can sell out our lives to you. Thank you, God, that with all audacity and with all faith in our hearts, we don't have to live in guilt or in condemnation. We are forgiven. We are made right with you, God. And we can boldly wake up every day in the hope of a God who loves us and has plans for our lives. And Lord, what I'm praying for everybody everywhere is on the back of this series and all the engagements we've had and Lord thank you so much for all the conversations thank you for every life group discussion thank you Lord for all that has been going on in these moments and God what I'm praying for everybody everywhere God is that we're going to live our lives with a passion we're going to live our lives on the front foot God we're going to live our lives with an audacity God of what it means to be followers of Jesus I pray that nothing will take us out of that pleasure nothing will take us out of that shared joy God and that delight in every day of our lives God but I pray oh God that when you look upon the earth and you say you want to find you a man a woman who is loyal hearted to you I pray you would find us I pray Lord that you would find us thriving in your plan and your purpose for our lives God I pray that in the name of Jesus as we run this journey of what it means to be a Christian I pray that every day would unveil new extents and new beauties and Lord new revelations of how awesome and incredible you are God I pray right now for people who feel discouraged who feel heavy Lord in this journey people who feel tired in some way or the other I just pray today oh God that by the hope of your calling they will be energized in a new way God that by the working of the Holy Spirit they will be refreshed and empowered and filled with joy again the joy unspeakable and full of glory with which you have filled our hearts and I thank you for it Father that we will never make light of what it means to be a Christian the greatest privilege we have on the earth and I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpaimudi, please visit our website, www.sikamo.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamo Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamo underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services. 